You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrashenkill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show. Joined today by the good and golden boy, the internet sweetheart. You know him, you love him. He's 365 days of horror, or as I like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing all right. little sleep deprived, but otherwise I'm hanging in there. Why are you sleep deprived? I have insomnia. Oh, yeah. That, that, that'll do it. Uh, I, uh... I got uh, tattooed yesterday and also went out super late. And uh, the thing that I forget every time is that every time I get a, a tattoo, it just like hurts too much to sleep. So <laughs> just kind of drunk and just laying there in bed for like six hours. Like, hmm, this is actually very miserable. <laughs> so what'd you get and where'd you get it? Uh, I was going to get my knees done, but I felt weird at the last minute with the guy that was going to do it. So instead I got uh, adjacent to my knee, a bowling ball hitting a strike with a bunch of pins. Uh, Does it have any significance, or you just like bowling? I like bowling. <laughs> That's okay. That's a perfectly good reason to get a tattoo. Uh, why did you feel weird about this guy in the knees? Was he tattooing like a stabbing motion, or was he like, what are those pointing to your knees? I, I mean, like, sometimes you're just like, I don't know if I want to be with this guy literally all day. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get along with this guy. I don't know if I want to give him that much money. So it's like, maybe I'll save this for another artist, you know? Was it Cotton Hill and uh, he lost his shins in the war and he didn't want to be awkward? Uh, it was not Cotton Hill. He was a perfectly nice guy. I was just weirded out for no good reason there. But, uh, you know, uh, all of uh, all of my my people uh, that uh, like to get st- stupid, expensive tattoos, let me know in the comments, what do you do to try to sleep after you've been tattooed? Because I sure would like a device on that. Uh, I, w- I would like to go ahead and get out ahead of everything right here and say this is is a themed episode, right? Can we call it that? Yes, that's fair to do that. But there is a caveat to that. To get to this theme, we're going to have to do a little bit of work. And the work is going to be very stupid. Are you prepared for that? I am. I guess we should get the promos out of the way then, too. Yes, we probably should. You go go right ahead. Promo the shit out of this. (laughs) Uh, You could sign up for our Patreon. Uh, This past episode, we... Went through, we only got to like the letter E. I know. It was pathetic, man. There's way too many fucking bands there. We did Season of Piss Records, just kind of cutting out so many bad bands, so many bands we don't know, and uh, keeping along the ones that'll probably make us money. And uh, a lot of Canadian tech death bands, apparently, are on Season of Piss. Way too many. Um, I would like to uh, shout out Spear, who commented uh, on the most recent uh, episode on the Patreon. Uh, we assigned him Beyond Creation, and uh, he has a dynamite marketing plan for those guys. So, good for him. We'll have to uh, read it on the next one. There's incentive for people to sign up to patreon.com slash Hell. Um, we are working eventually on t-shirts that's still ongoing and some fun stickers as well. Those are almost done. Uh, people can follow us on the social medias, Facebook, Blue Sky, Twitter, Instagram, at Joe Thrashnickel, at 365 Days of Horror. You can email us at hell at gmail.com and Radio at gmail.com. Whew, that's a lot of promo. Uh, and we deserve it all. Uh, do all of those things that he just said. Okay, so uh, 
Where do we start with this one? Because there is there is a rich lore to this. <laughs> so the impetus for doing this theme show, and the theme is going to be metalcore and, to a lesser extent, deathcore bands covering pop songs. Yes. And the reason the reason we're doing this is because a couple of days ago, the dreaded falling in reverse, Ice Nine Kills, whoever else is on that tour, had finished up. And if people will remember, we talked about this, where uh, Spirit Box was supposed to be on the tour opening up the show, and they dropped off the tour for multiple reasons. Mostly because Ronnie Radke's a real piece of shit, and their fans were like, hey, uh, did you know that Ronnie Radke's a real piece of shit? This bothers us specifically, your fans, the people that like give you money. Right, and uh, I think it was a good idea for Spirit Box to do that, because he continues to be a piece of shit. Yes. uh, In a louder and dumber almost on a daily basis at this point. Correct. Um, and replacing them was a band called Our Last Night. They were Our Last Night? I don't know. There was some band opening up on a tour I was never going to see. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. Like, uh, that's there's plenty of bands like that. We just get to ignore them, and, you know, they live in their own separate space. It's good. Uh, we like how that works. Yes, they are one of literally a million metalcore bands with interchangeable names, faces, and haircuts. And that's okay. Yes. They are in their own work. Until. (laughs) Until you open your stupid fucking mouths and I have to see it. So they finished up this tour and for whatever reason, possibly to show how dumb and petty guys in their 30s and 40s are, they, I I hope this is photoshopped, but it looks like on their last stage they're playing, there is a big backdrop where normally you would like put the band's logo or the name for when they're playing. It says, Wish You Were Here, Spirit Box. And it has a bunch of bands that were on the tour standing in front of it, smiling and cheering and you know being their usual selves. Yes. And some people had pointed out, uh, specifically this is a tweet, uh, at Mbridge Music, who said, The funniest part about this stupid-ass picture is that the cover band is in it, and the only reason they got on the tour in the first place was because Spirit Box dropped, and they took their spot, LMAO. And that is referring to the band we just mentioned, Our Last Night. Yes, a band that I, uh, as we had mentioned before this point, was completely unfamiliar with, and I was perfectly happy with that. Uh, So... This person, uh, KT Turnstile, very funny, by the way, Good, that's a good screen handle, uh, made that statement, and then our last night uh, band at OLN Band uh, retweeted it uh, and said, Are you mad? Which is always a great story. Am I mad? No, I'm a fucking hater. I don't get mad. I just, I clown on you people. Are you mad that the cover band has billions of streams and completely sold out their last headliner with 26,000 tickets LMAO? Now, in the canon of getting pissy online, where would you place this? Like, because they're clearly, like, making this tweet through gritted teeth, very clearly unhappy uh, with this person's aspersion. I think it's the referral to how many streams they have. Oh, yeah. As a a marker of success. Uh, We all know that uh, streaming, not just music, but videos and and all that, that number is not necessarily reliable. It's like with Twitter pointing out like how many views this video got just because people scrolled past it 
or saw saw someone uh, doing a retweet dunking on it. So that's not necessarily a win. Uh, part of it is also you may just get included on various playlists and people just will listen to it. And also, it doesn't get you anything. Absolutely nothing. It, um, it gets you pennies on the dollar, as they say. And these guys are not billionaires. So just being like, uh, look how many streams we got is like, look how many likes my meme got. Correct. You are essentially running a meme page on Facebook. <laughs> like, that's cool. I'm glad you're able to have people give you an attaboy, but it's not necessarily a marker of true success, especially since this band has been around since 2004. That is literally since I was in high school, and I am old. <laughs> and just flipping through like what they've done, it's they've mostly been like the opener on all these tours for other similar bands with the swoopy haircuts and like that's fine if you want to live in perpetuity doing that. It is a small living that like lets you fulfill your rock star lifestyle without having to commit to anything really. It's like sure we'll go on a tour for 4 weeks and then we'll come back to our data entry jobs. Like that's that's cool. That's you're having fun and doing that. But then to be, as you said, through gritted teeth talking about how not mad they are and look how successful they are, that's going to open you up to a whole lot of criticism, especially when it's true yeah. <laughs> that you are essentially a cover band. Your most famous works are covers on YouTube. So, uh, again, I was completely unfamiliar with these guys, so I Googled our last night because again like this is a pretty fucking uh insane mad online statement to make like are you mad that this cover band has done this and this it's like well who the fuck is this anyway so i google these guys and among the top results is a little video called disney goes heavy rock with our last night so of course i have to watch this fucking thing right what am, am i superman i'm not i'm not immune to such things you're just laying in a chair as your wife straps uh, around your arm the tourniquet so you can inject it into your veins. <laughs> and just, uh, like putting in clear eyes into your eyes as you watch it. And I, I, I'm just, I'm watching these guys, you know, do their synchronized little stompy metalcore stomps on stage on on like a living room stage essentially because this video is filmed like in their personal studio space. Watching their singer constantly push his hair back like. It's a compulsive maneuver while they're just doing, uh, again, maybe the most uh, baby shit soft, clean, uh, clean vocals followed by like slightly angry, rough vocals, uh, mini covers of Disney songs. Again, they're doing roughly one chorus of each of these things, a weird, awkward silence in between then and starting another one, starting off with like under the sea and then doing uh, metalcore favorite, let it go from frozen again. Like you can't fucking throw a rock online without hitting a bunch of fucking morons trying to do a heavy cover of let it go. How about you fucking let it go? Let it go. You're fucking 40, dude. Give up the dream. Get a real job. Sorry. I kind of got off balance there. <laughs> I think just like generally speaking, like a cover of a pop song is okay. Like I am not against it generally speaking. Sometimes it could be fun, sometimes it can be different, but I think in recent times, thanks in part to like YouTube and Instagram and now TikTok, that is like the gateway to getting eyes on what you do. It is super easy to do a 
fairly generic metal-ish cover of take any pop song you want, take any Disney song you want, and the algorithm is going to spit you out into every person who's ever listened to a heavy song on YouTube or liked any sort of band like that. So it's the music's already done. It's pretty easy to just throw in breakdowns and yelling. Yep. Yep. And you're going to get millions of views on YouTube. Well, maybe. <laughs> because in this process, we have encountered a number of people that, you know, took this uh, T-ball swing and whiffed it. <laughs> there are some, but then there are like actual, I guess, bands. I don't think they do anything else, but like this is their thing. They will cover every Disney song possible and make it a metal version. Oh, and yeah. like that's what they do. This is their job. They, I guess they get advertisement money from it, and I guess that fulfills them creatively. I don't know. I guess. Um, So some backstory here with this band specifically. Uh, Shane Mathis uh, shared that uh, when he worked at YouTube Music, uh, the distro that they worked with would, quote, constantly push their original songs on me. But their listeners hated all of it, so they're stuck doing the dumbest song covers for an audience of 14-year-olds. He includes a link to a video of them doing a song from something called Beyblade Burst Quad Strike, which I think is like a, an action figure thing. Beyblade, yeah. Beyblade was like a top toy, I think, with from an anime or something like that. Okay. All I remember is that I just once saw a, a Burger King advertising their toys and went, what the fuck is a Beyblade? <laughs> well, uh, for more <clears throat> questions about Beyblades answered, our last night can get you all the info you need. Uh, so, you know, I clown on these guys, a bunch of people clown on these guys. Overall, having a pretty nice time at these guys' expense. Uh, but it's not. It was not it for these guys. Uh, they proceeded to continue going through the the cheese grater. Uh, I don't know if you recognize if you saw this, but uh, our last night band on Twitter has now changed their display name to World's Best Cover Band. Another sign that they're not mad even a little bit. There's a way that you can go about this whole thing where, like, you could change your name like that, but like, be in on the joke. Mm-hmm. You're not in on the joke when you, you're doing this. No, no, no. We're not laughing with you. <laughs> uh, but you can have you can have fun with it, and they're not having fun with it. They are dying with their fists clenched. Uh, well, you know, to show how uh, not mad that they are, they uh, went ahead and posted a video. Uh, so it, they they have this uh, their vocalist here. Uh, talking to the camera out uh, on stage, and he says specifically, have you ever wondered what an entire arena would sound like singing our cover of Iris along with us? And it's like, well, no, I've never once wondered that. Why would I possibly care about that? You don't have to wonder about it, because the Goo Goo Dolls still exist, still tour, and still play that song. Yes. Uh, For those that are not aware... uh, our last night did not write the song Iris, uh, prominently featured in uh, City of Angels, starring uh, Meg Ryan and uh, fuck who's Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, yeah, real piece of shit movie that one. <laughs> As a fallen angel who falls in love with a nurse, right? I believe so. Do you remember the ending of that movie? Because I feel like, in, again, I haven't seen it since it was a contemporary thing, which was just twenty-five years ago. 
I seem to recall Meg Ryan riding her bike down like a rural road and like doing the like eyes closed, arms out wide thing and then getting hit by a fucking logging truck. <laughs> I think hitting movie stars with cars and trucks was a big deal at that time. This Meet Joe like, Black was also like... His. I was just going to say that one. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, sorry for all the spoilers here, but at that point, like, uh, Nicholas Cage is like, fuck, I gave up my angel status to live on Earth and shack up with this broad, and now she got done in by a logging truck. So, bitterly ironic end. Anyway, the only uh, enduring uh, cultural cachet of that film is, of course, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. <clears throat> and to brag that people are singing your cover. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to do. I, I will have you know, last night I was at karaoke, and lots of people like to sing along with songs that they know. It's a crazy thing. It's a, one of the wildest experiences. Uh, you got a song that people know and like, they like to sing along with it. Wild. So, at this point, like, <clears throat> uh, you, you, I know that they're trying to, like, reclaim it or whatever, but, like, this is so far out of your hands, guys. Um, they're not singing along with your cover. They're singing... The Goo Goo Dolls song that people like. Uh, and this this just kind of... This set us down this path where we've spent the last several days really, really torturing ourselves. And I have destroyed my YouTube algorithm. And, and I jo- I've joked about that before, destroying my YouTube algorithm. It's never coming back after this week, man. Yeah, we had some fun. And if you ever want to torture yourselves, it's very easy to find this stuff. Oh, yeah. Because if you go on YouTube and just look up Metalcore Disney... You'll just get hundreds of samples. If you do uh, metalcore Britney Spears, same thing. Uh, Taylor Swift, same thing. So you can really find just about anything. And um, this isn't a new phenomenon. No. I think it is. It is in the sense of like people like seeing this as a career path, just like they see like beings on TikTok, being a TikTok famous person is like this is what I'm going to do with my life. Because um, it's been around at least a good 10 to 15, probably 20 years at this point of being a metal cultural thing. I almost want to blame Limp Bizkit covering George Michael because that was the maybe where people realize covering a song can make you successful no matter how you sound. For one moment, allow me to defend the George Michael, the uh, Limp Bizkit cover of George Michael's Faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, because we're going to talk about a lot of unnecessary covers, and in my opinion, that one is 100% vital. <laughs> I think the difference with that is is that song wasn't like popular or relevant right. anymore. Right. It, it, it had had its moment. It was in a different genre. They made it their own, and we've talked about this. There's like three different ways that you can make a cover. One is like just being super faithful to it. Mm-hmm. You try to sound like the person. You don't do anything with it. It is that song. Your band just happens to be doing it. The second version is you make it your own. You uh, you know take the original. You have maybe the initial structure, but it sounds like you. And that's where you can get a lot of success, but you could also have a lot of failures. Right. And then the third version is just making it crazy different from what it is and what you do. And, you know, you're Tori Amos doing Raining Blood. Right. It is its completely own thing that sounds unfamiliar to what it is. And that has drifted into the movie trailer soft piano version uh, thing that we both hate. So yep. with the Limp Bizkit covering Faith, it worked for them. 
And I think it was more on the appropriate side of, well, this is no longer relevant. We've made it our own. Uh, and like another example could be like Killswitch Engage covering Holy Diver. At that point, you know, not a lot of metalcore fans had been listening to Dio at any point. And, um, you know, it maybe gave him a little bit of a reminder to newer music fans. I mean, the band still covers it to this day. So uh, as far as that goes, fine. You made it work for you. You help remind people of an artist from the past. Cool. Now it's just here's a pop song. And literally days later, yeah. these songs will show up on YouTube and on Spotify. Um, I think one of the biggest examples is I Prevail, who show up every year on our year-end YouTube list. And we always go, who's I Prevail? And Breno has to remind us. Uh, I would say that I Prevail is the successful version of Our Last Night. Uh, I think that's probably what they're going for. They probably have posters of like I Prevail in their practice room like one day. <laughs> so they have uh, numerous Taylor Swift cover songs on YouTube. The most popular one is Blank Space. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know how many views that has? How many views does it have? 75 million. That sounds really impressive until you consider that like the actual Blank Space song on YouTube probably has over a billion, doesn't it? It's probably up there, but at the same time, it's way more impressive than any original I Prevail song would get sure. without it. Sure. No, I, I, I don't disagree at all. Yeah, Taylor Swift's Blank Space <clears throat> has 3.2 billion views. See, that's the thing. These people are essentially remoras. They are parasites feeding off of the flesh of a much uh, more vital host. <laughs> They're like those little birds that uh, sit on top of hippos and peck off the little bugs on them. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and so, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. A lot of these guys are probably eking out a living doing this, but it's like, is this really how you want to spend your days? <laughs> like... I get that you don't have to get a real job and deal with customers or anything like that, but like, you also are a glorified karaoke group. So I don't know. It's it seems like a is a real gamble if you want to try to build your career off of covers. Uh, because I mean, in the case of most of these bands, like nobody gives a fucking shit about your originals, and they never will. It's never gonna happen. Yeah, it's uh, you entertain the kids and people with like baby basic metal interests and i guess that's enough to make out some sort of living and to keep you going from tour to tour yeah you're and a clown you're, you're a gonna clown wake at a birthday party dude yeah and one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be 45 and you're gonna be like is this it and then you go on like the emo is now summer cruise 2028 um and it's the thing that's the thing like uh judging from when uh, when our last band started they are definitely in their 40s so Days I, I, I think I looked them up. Mid-30s right now. What? How is that possible? Yeah, well, it, it happens. All righty. Uh, okay, so there's a lot of ways that we can look at this phenomenon. I, I think a part of it goes back to the Punk Go series. Do you remember those? Yeah, it was uh, Punk, punk Goes Metal, Punk Goes Crunk, uh, Punk Goes Pop. That oh, whole yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, I, uh, do you ever have any of those records? No, the, no, 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 no. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, go poser card here. I did have one of these. Uh, I had the, uh, fuck, uh, what was it? Uh, Punk Goes 90s record. Uh, I think I bought it, uh, for five bucks, maybe, at a used 
used bookstore or something. And literally the only song that I remember on that entire thing is uh, there was a cover of uh, Alanis Morissette's You Oughta Know. And the thing I liked about it is on the final like uh, chorus, there's like the you, 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 and then like a pretty sick like uh, ought to know like scream uh, I thought was very appropriate and uh, tastefully layered throughout. Uh, and th- again, like I don't remember any other song on there. I'm looking at the uh, track list right now and th- I know I've heard these songs. I just don't fucking remember a single one of them. <laughs> Yeah, for people who don't know what this is or haven't been to whatever's left of CD stores now and seen these in the used section, uh, on Wikipedia it says, Punk Goes is a series of pop albums released by Fearless Records in which punk rock bands perform covers of songs from other genres. As of 2019, the series consists of 19 compilation albums. Jesus Christ. So predominantly a series of cover albums, Punk Goes Acoustic, Punk Goes Acoustic 2, and Punk Goes Acoustic Volume 3, I don't know why the second one wasn't volume two. (laughs) Deviate from this theme featuring acoustic versions of original songs by the featured bands. 2013's Punk Goes Christmas and 2015 re-release of Punk Goes Christmas titled Punk Goes Christmas Deluxe Edition features a mix of both Christmas-themed original songs and covers. Bands, I'm begging you to stop doing Christmas covers. Please. Similarly, the series' first installment, 2000's Punk Goes Metals, consists of covers with the exception of Why Rock? performed by the Aquabats, which was an original song credited to a fictitious band called Leather Pirate. So here, we're going to run through some of the track listings because it's kind of funny to look back and see just like what bands have stuck around and have stood the test of time and what bands you've never, ever heard of getting like top billing on these and covering well-known bands. And it's also good to look at and see just how far this thing has come and how like some of these bands haven't benefited from this. So, so w- which one are you starting off with? Uh, we'll start at the beginning. Punk Goes Metal. Released in the year 2000. 2000. So this is 23 years old, almost to the day. Wild. We have Divot covering Judas Priest, Breaking the Law. I think that, I, like a lot of other people, uh, I have very fond memories of Divot. <laughs> Uh, who the fuck was Divot? They do not have a Wikipedia page, so ah. there's your answer. Jughead's Revenge covering Poison's Talk Dirty to Me. Mm-hmm. AFI covering Guns N' Roses' My Michelle. Big Wig covering Slayer's War Ensemble. kind of want to hear that one, to be honest with you. Fun little side Big Wig story. Uh, when I was booking shows in college... Uh, Someone I knew came into a little bit of money and wanted to put on like a big festival and we booked uh, a couple of known bands and one of them was Bigwig. And the night before they had to cancel because um, one of the members had to like go to the hospital for a medical emergency. And I forget which member, but someone like called me directly and was like super apologetic. So good to know that Bigwig wasn't too big for the little people. Yeah, I I appreciate it's like, well, what are you going to do? Thank you for calling me. Uh, Newfound Glory covering Warren's Heaven. It, I would go ahead and say that maybe that's not a metal song. <laughs> Heaven isn't too far away. Yeah, just make it nasalier and with the uh, guys jumping up and down. Yep. Strung Out covering Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon. Okay. The Ataris covering Skid Row's I Remember You. Huh. 
Also good to remember the Atari's most famous song is also a cover. Yep, that did. Yeah, again, look at the business you can get in doing covers. You can be known as the guys that covered Don Henley once. Link 80, covering Metallica's Harvester of Sorrow. Who the fuck is Link 80? They have a Wikipedia page, so they are uh, got one up on Divot. Okay. Guttermouth, covering St. Madness's Sexual Abuse. Hmm. I don't really like any of those words, to be honest with you. Dynamite Boy covering ACDC's TNT. I halfway remember that band. I'm not sure, man. Death by Stereo covering White Lion's Little Fighter. I don't like any of those words either. (laughs) I like a few Death by Stereo songs. Uh, Swindle covering Skid Row's Youth Gone Wild. Don't know Swindle, my man. They do not have a Wikipedia page. Hmm. Turn Down, covering Ozzy Osbourne's I Don't Know, which I think is a mistake because you already have an Ozzy cover and there's already a Skid Row cover. There's other bands out there. Diesel Boy, covering Motley Crue's Looks That Kill. Okay. RX Bandits, covering Megadeth's Holy Wars, The Punishment Do. I've never heard uh, an RX Bandit song in my life solely because of, like, the people I know that are big fans of RX Bandits. (laughs) Another college booking story. Um, by like, I think it was my senior year. I was like the head of this uh, group that put on shows, and we got like a new batch of freshmen who like wanted to be a part of it, and they were all into like pop punk, and they wanted to book RX Bandits. I'm like, well, okay, you guys talk to them and like let me know what the deal is. And um, they came back with like RX Bandits wants a thousand dollars to play a show, and I'm like. Yeah, okay, that's not happening. <laughs> There's Ten Foot Pole covering Tesla's love song. Ooh. And then that Aquabat song. So that's Punk Goes Metal. So that had to be a pretty successful record then to spawn, what, 17 more of these things. I think it was successful enough because that's when they start getting into the Punk Goes Pop was ah. the next one, which is I, I think is like what was actually successful for them. And uh, we could run through this list, too, real quick. Okay. Dynamite Boy covering the Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. So this this was in 2002. So this would have been one of the first cheeky Backstreet Boys covers. So Right. This is when they're still active. And there is, like, the the backlash of being, I don't know, a high school boy and being going, eh, Backstreet Boys, eh, Britney Spears. They're not cool, like. Blink-182 <laughs> and Korn. Uh, so, yeah, this is kind of like the first like physical thing you can get at your FYE or Hot Topic where you can kind of ironically take these songs that you don't like but make it cool. Slick Shoes covering Mandy Moore's Candy. Huh. Yellow Card covering Michelle Branches Everywhere. That sounds awful. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong covering Pink's Get This Party Started. Sounds even worse, my man. God, this is this is a real time capsule of awful. Yep. It was like the worst of pop and the worst of warp tour yep. all rolled into one. It's like I'm a junior in high school again. <laughs> uh, Rufio covering <sighs> Madonna's Like a Prayer. Oh, oh my God. That just gave me fucking douche chills that have been preserved for 20 years. Further Seems Forever covering NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye. Again, like, we're doing, we're ironically doing this boy band cover. And we have this to blame for, again, two decades of the same crap. Noise Ratchet covering Mandy Moore's Crush. 
Mandy Moore is way too well represented on this disc for her overall like influence. One is enough. You don't need to. And again, like, where is the crowd control to say, no, only one person does Britney Spears, only one person does Madonna? No. Element 101 covering Nelly Furtado's I'm Like a Bird. Interesting. Nelly Furtado, I thought, would have a bigger influence uh, in this day, but she was kind of a two and done. Yeah, it happens, especially with pop music. You you have a very limited time, even more so than rock, to, like, keep and maintain your popularity. And it helps if you have famous parents with lots of money. That's true. Knockout covering Destiny's Child featuring the brat, Survivor. I'm a survivor. Yeah. The starting line covering Jennifer Lopez featuring Ja Rule, I'm real. Uh, I once did, guessed it on a podcast uh, about emo music years ago, and we talked about the starting line. Uh, the, one of the funniest things about that band is that they... Uh, they had a, a single that was fairly successful that was about like um, uh, having sex with your wife for the first time, like in a good Christian marriage. And it's just like one of the most offensive things I think I've ever heard unintentionally. <laughs> if they had any shred of sense of humor, it would have only been a 17 second song. <laughs> uh, we have Keepsake covering Faith Hill's The Way You Love Me. Interesting. Reach the Sky, covering Britney Spears, sometimes. Hmm. Fake ID, covering O-Town, All or Nothing. Ooh, O-Town, for the younger folks, is, uh, I don't know if any of the videos still exist, but I feel like it's uh, crime scene footage. <laughs> Show Off, covering Madonna's Borderline. Interesting. Thrice, covering Real Life, Send Me an Angel, which mm. a song I have actually heard. All right. It's not a bad song, as far as... Covers or the original go. I think I remember hearing that song from the Fred Savage Nintendo movie, The Wizard. Okay, yeah. Uh, classic, also featuring uh, Jenny Lewis of uh, Rilo Kylie fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, nicotine covering Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. The first of possibly thousands. Thousands. And Student Rick covering Belinda Carlisle, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Can't say I know Student Rick, but I do like that song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a little out of place with all the other contemporary stuff. But there you go. That was like one of the big ones to like get this whole thing started. And while reading this, I reminded myself, do you remember Dynamite Hack covering Boys in the Hood? Oh, unfortunately, yes, I do. There was uh, a few years before this. I think that might have been 99, early 2000, something like that. But yeah, there's that thing. And from there, they get Punk Goes Acoustic, Punk Goes 80s, Punk Goes 90s. Do we want to read Punk Goes Crunk or more of the Punk Goes Pop? I, I feel like a lot of the Punk Goes Crunk stuff like is, uh, for our younger listeners, going to be completely over their head. <laughs> Uh, for example, like I don't know if they remember um, uh, Kryptonite by Purple Ribbon All-Stars. Good song. Probably not, so I guess we can forego that. But if you want to cringe yourself to death, you can look some of those up. Yep. We'll just go through another uh, pop one and move on. Yes. Alisana covering Justin Timberlake's What Goes Around Comes Around. Okay. Silverstein covering One Republic featuring Timberland. Apologize. Ugh. August Burns Red covering Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. Again. Mayday Parade covering Pussycat Dolls When I Grow Up. I don't I don't even remember that band, man. The name's familiar. 
this is all like late stage warp tour. <laughs> a day to remember covering the fray over my head cable car. I feel like I want to listen to this just because this is a train wreck of two things I don't like put together. Right. Yeah, you can listen to it. All right, let's let's do this. Here's a, a day to remember covering the fray. There you go. We had to know. We had to. We had to open the box. A day to remember is the band that had the Mortal Kombat fight clip in one of their songs right before a breakdown, right? I believe so. Yes, they and were. Also, they were also the one that was like uh, they had the the uh, breakdown call out that was disrespect your surroundings. That's right. Yeah, one of the most embarrassing things in heavy music, possibly ever. Yeah, and think of the ground that covers. They were also the band where like. The beginning starts with like a cheer, a high school cheer, like da 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 da. Let's go. That was them, right? Uh, yes, yes, it was. Uh, that was uh, fuck. The downfall of us all. I can't believe I I know this shit about bands I don't even like. <laughs> That's the worst thing about being so in tuned with this is that your brain is just full of useless information. <laughs> and that song uh, always reminds you of when I was like stuck in traffic at a red light and there was a car playing this song way too loud. And it was that intro part and just me cracking up in my wheel and the guy driving the car noticing me laughing at him. Man, like it. I know that this isn't what the show is about, but like, fuck, that song specifically is about like all the haters that got in their way to the top. Like, it is such a pussy hurt song, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a def- it's a defining characteristic of this style of metal. Uh, absolutely. Uh, like, mo- the, moving on, because otherwise we'll spend all day on that. That's true. Just the desperate need for validation <laughs> when there's no reason to validate you. Escape the fate. Covering Santana featuring Rob Thomas Smooth. I feel like we're really making a, 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 a complete circle here with Escape the Fate. Where it's Everything comes back to Ronnie Radke. It's like, uh, how many degrees of Kevin Bacon can we get but with this guy? He's a Zelig figure here. <laughs> he's there throughout history. He's like Pennywise. You look at, you look at old wood carvings and he's there. Uh, you've always been here, Mr. Radke. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, tomorrow, covering Amarian featuring Timbaland, Icebox. I don't even know that one, man. Here's one. Chiodos. Oh. Covering Harvey Danger Flagpole Sitta. Oh, dude. That's not a pop song. No. Also, um, you know, most appropriate to uh, all, all good Americans know Flagpole Sitta primarily as the intro song to uh, the BBC comedy Peep Show. <laughs> You have Bayside covering Sean Kingston, Beautiful Girls. Ooh. Breathe Carolina covering Miley Cyrus, See You Again. Mm-hmm. The Cab covering Rihanna, Disturbia. Mm-hmm. A Static Lullaby covering Britney Spears, Toxic. So, I would like to talk about that, Ben. Maybe not right now, but in a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're almost done with this. We can finish up the listing, and then you can talk about A Static Lullaby. Four Years Strong, covering Sarah Borelli? Sarah song? Borellis? Yeah, I guess. Uh, that one I do not know. I, I don't know any of that. 
And saving the worst for last, attack, attack, covering Katy Perry, I Kissed the Girl. Boy, if that doesn't just encapsulate 2008 like an amber, I don't know what does. And that's it for this one. Selling 21,000 copies in its first week, Punk Goes Pop Volume 2. Great stuff there. I feel like at this time, maybe we can dip a little bit more into music, if that's okay. It is time. We should do it. People, the people need to know. Specifically with a static lullaby. <clears throat> Are you familiar with this band? Like, I've seen their name around for 20 years. I just, I don't really know anything about them. Do you? No, they're, again, one of those bands where you know the name because they were around for this emo, pop-punkish, mid-late 2000s, up to, like, the 2010s style of music where, like, you see their sticker everywhere, but you've never heard a single note. Yes, correct. See Breathe Carolina. (laughs) See May. See Emery. May Day Parade. Any one of these bands. They're all the same to me, anyway. I... I started uh, dicking around the other day, and I, I was typing into Google, metalcore cover, and then I would put in what I thought was maybe the most inappropriate words I could think of next. <laughs> um, so I, I got a few pretty good uh, hits on on this deranged uh, query uh, string I was on, and out of nowhere, I remembered uh, the film uh Garden State, the director directorial debut of Zach Braff, maybe one of the most irritating humans of the early 2000s. Remember, people loved that movie. People thought it was so artsy and creative and different. I had a friend who uh, like later became an artist artist like that. It's what he went to college for. That's what he does for a living. And he insisted that it was just like the perfect movie. I hope that you hang that over his head to this day. <laughs> He fell off the face of the earth. I haven't spoken to him in 20 years. Ah, dang. Uh, no. he, he was also the same person who, oh, what band was it? Um, fuck. He tried to insist one band was like the biggest band on earth, like Block Party, I think it was. He's like, they're the biggest band on earth. And then I had to rattle off like 30 bands who sell out stadiums. And that ended that conversation. For what it's worth, that one block party record is very good, but they were never at any point like a big, big band. No, I'm like, you too, Metallica. Like I'm throwing out like the biggest rock names possible because it incensed me. Uh, Very silly thing to say. But Garden State, again, for the younger folks, this was a cultural phenomenon for young people of uh, the millennial variety. I can't even describe what it was. Like, I saw the movie at the theater, and I didn't really think much about it. Uh, the horrible bipolar woman I was uh, dating at the time uh, gave me uh, a bunch of CDs, including the Garden State uh, soundtrack, which I listened to a few times. Uh, and that, like in the in the movie itself, the soundtrack to it, the movie is like a, a kind of a tulpa creation, which it like calls to its, its own existence. Uh, and, and spawns, uh, you know, uh, it, it spawned virality from there. For example, it was, uh, fuck, Nat- was it Natalie Portman in that? Yeah. Uh, who's playing a uh, quirky uh, manic pixie dream girl uh, who's like, you have to hear this song, it'll change mm-hmm. your life. And uh, she <laughs> spawned some really great memes from there, but it like, uh, gave um, Zach Braff her headphones in which she was listening to New Slang by The Shins. So for some reason you've never heard of is a, fine it's a replacement level song i think (laughs) 
it became a meme among my friends to like be like, what are you listening to? And then we'd say the shins, <laughs> but then play like, you know, death metal. Um, included on the soundtrack was a band called Fru-Fru. Do, do, you, mm. do you remember Fru-Fru? I remember the name. So uh, the uh, one of the two members of Fru-Fru broke off to do her own thing. She was, I think, Imogene Heat, I think was the um, name. And I, I think remember that name. The biggest cultural moment she had, aside from being included in the Garden State soundtrack, was the, hmm, what you say bit. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, if you, uh, if you enjoyed, uh, the Lonely Island, uh, sketch where, uh, everybody's getting shot constantly while, hmm, what you say, that's her heavily processed voice there. I just always confuse Imogene Heap with Bubba Hotep. <laughs> um, they're not, they're, they're not too dissimilar. So there's a lot of preamble for this. I was thinking about embarrassing music. Typing in metalcore cover, embarrassing music, Let Go by Fru Fru came about out of my hands, and I found a static lullaby covering this. I don't know exactly when this song was covered, but I do know when searching that I found it on a blog specifically about cover songs, in which they said this was the best possible cover of Let Go by Fru Fru. Uh, I didn't listen to the other ones, and maybe I should have, because this is particularly awful. Are you ready? Let's do it. Static Lullaby, everybody, covering Fru-Fru's Let Go. That was life-changing for a not small number of people. <laughs> what do you think? Nah. Nah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff. Uh, compared to all the covers that are out now, we'll let it go from Frozen. Like, we could honestly do an entire show listening to nothing but clips of contemporary medical ba- metalcore bands doing Let It Go covers. It's, I mean, I found, I found a deathcore one from Betraying the Martyrs that is painful because it's deathcore, which has one sound. Yes. But then it's doing this Disney Pixar song, which is just makes it somehow more obnoxious. Yes. Well... I mean, we can talk about it, or we can be about it. Are you ready for this? Let's be about it. Truly, truly awful stuff. Uh, how many views does that one have? Let us open it up and mute my laptop so people don't have to hear it again. It has, it's on Sumerian Records, by the way. Uh-huh. 8.8 8 million views. 
insane. Absolutely insane. I, I guess, like, how much money can you realistically make off of a YouTube cover? Well, I don't think you can even monetize that, can you? Probably not, at least for Disney ones. I yeah. would suspect that might be very difficult to do. I think your best hope is that it gets popular enough where people will look at your original music. Never going to happen. <laughs> not in a million years, my man. <laughs> Probably not. And it is not impossible, obviously, but it is a little bit more difficult to get a cover song onto like streaming services. Mm -hmm. Not that you're going to make a lot of money, but if you something hits and you happen to get a billion views on something, you may get a small paycheck at the end of it. Um, but... I don't know. As far as advertising money, probably not not a lot, but it could be enough to get you attention either for your own music or get you on a tour. You hope so, anyway. Um, <clears throat> where where do you want to go from here? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways that we can go about it. Like <clears throat> because we're on a deathcore kick right now. I guess I I do want to share what I think is maybe the worst one that we found. Was it the one I found? It is the one you found, man. I apologize in advance to everyone for this. This is a band called Murdered with uh, Buddy Holly, you know, the Weezer song. <clears throat> this is a Slam Worldwide exclusive. So you already know you're in trouble. You know you're in trouble because number one, Slam Worldwide doesn't cover Slam. It is almost entirely deathcore with false slam attributes this claims to be a slam cover of buddy holly by weezer and it is not slam it is not even close okay god this fucking pisses me off let's listen to this Not slam. Canonically, not even close to slam. And I don't want to listen to regular Weezer. Yeah, same. Like, I do not like Weezer at all. It's really hard to make me hate a Weezer song even more than I already do. And that's like the most tolerable Weezer song. That at least had a fun video to it. I, um, I don't like... Again, like Slam Worldwide must be stopped. <laughs> this this cannot continue diluting the name of Slam. Every time I if I click on a video and I hear the little staticky, squeaky thing that in, they introduce every video, I immediately X out of it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the right thing to do. Uh, fortunately, only five thousand people have been uh, exposed to these false Slam cover. Uh, so, uh, well, I guess we fucked it up by playing it on the show, didn't we? Yeah, they're going to get half a penny out of this one. Uh, fucked up, man. Uh, another one that I've known for a while, and this is because um, uh, it's going to be an Adele cover. Sorry. Uh, the only reason I know about it is because she was being interviewed on a British talk show where they made her listen to it. Oh, that's torture. You could see the torture on her face. It's a screamo version of Rolling in the Deep from a band called Amist, A-M-Y-S-T. It is like the, when you think of the worst of screamo, this is what it is. 
this is um, truly, truly awful. Like you have the completely um, generic, uh, high pitch, lisping, clean parts, followed by like just no dynamics having uh, hurgle gurgle on it. Like it is, um, it is very bad. <laughs> it is very, very bad. It has one point four million views too. Unnecessary. Hate it a lot. Uh, it's very, very bad. Let's listen to There's it. A fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out of the dark. There you go. Rolling in the Deep by A Mist. Uh, this is uh, put out 11 years ago, and uh, no one has ever heard of A Mist ever since. So there you go. Another good sign of doing covers. Um, we can go a couple of different places with this. Regardless, it's, it's going to go to very dark places right now. Let's, let's hit Disney up a little bit more. These are one of those things where bands spend their entire career just doing covers. Um, I found a bunch. It's not hard to find. Like like I said, Metalcore Disney in YouTube, you will find a ton of these. And they have like music videos with not big budgets, but at least like quality cameras just doing every possible Disney princess song. And you've heard one, you've heard them all. I don't really see the point in doing this but they do get a million views here, two million here. Um, one that was particularly egregious was someone named Peyton Parrish. I hate this man. <laughs> I, I hate do, him so I much. do not like how this man looks. Um, <clears throat> this song in particular, he's, he's got a whole boatload of these Disney or video game covers, you know, all stuff meant for children specifically. Uh, this is Colors of the Wind from the Pocahontas film. And not since, I think, the heyday of Creed have I seen someone so intent on doing Jesus Christ poses. This there is a, There's a heavy youth ministry vibe to this. Oh my god, with a voice like a ham sandwich, too. Like, this guy fucking sucks. I would not be surprised at all if just absolutely horrific allegations come out about this guy in a few years. Uh, do you want to listen to it? Let's listen to it. Stops of a stranger You learn things you never knew You never knew Have you ever heard the wolf cry To the blue corn moon Or as the grinning buck out Why he grinned Can you sing with all the voices Of the mountain Can you paint with all the colors Of the moon This one feels problematic In a way that others do not <laughs> Yeah, it's like I found the—I forget who it was—but there was another type of these metalcore covers for the song "Savages," mm -hmm. sung mm -hmm. by white guys. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I do not care for this. I find it troubling. Yeah, by Jonathan Young and Caleb Hiles covering Disney's Pocahontas "Savages" with 6.4 million views. It's very bad. It's very bad, deeply problematic. Don't approve of this at all. But let's keep that youth uh, ministry uh, 
energy up and go to another incredibly dark place, if that's okay. Let's get dark, baby. This is something called No Resolve. And again, when I was uh, trying to type in curse queries, this was, I think, the first thing I thought of. Uh, Are you familiar with Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah? Unfortunately, because it gets so overused in media, especially now that he's dead, people are just like, it's like anything even vaguely religious, which is... Uh, Okay. Let's let's get this out of the way first of mm-hmm. all. Hallelujah is about the religious experience of coming super mm-hmm. hard. It mm-hmm. is not a religious song, even a little bit. And it's also written by a Jewish man. Correct, uh, a Jewish man who fucked a lot, so he knew what he was talking about here. <laughs> um, Famously so, used in the Watchmen movie. Oh, for maybe one of the worst sex scenes I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Where they hit the flamethrower button. Oh, my God. Was that, I think, was that the Rufus Wainwright cover of it, too? I don't know. I don't remember. It might have been. Zack Snyder is a fucking hack. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so what we have here is a group called No Resolve, which, you know, if we're, we're talking about the overtly youth minister energy of, sorry, who is this again? Peyton Parrish? Mm hmm. Like, these guys could easily be, uh, like, cast-off gemstone children. <laughs> like the, the, the baby Billy of Metalcore. They're the, re- they're the reject gemstones. <laughs> they don't even have the charm of a Keef with them. <laughs> they're all kind of Keefs, if you, if you get my drift. <laughs> um, this is, again, we're, we're getting deeply into the the power of the Lord while singing this song, which I'm sure that they believe is about Jesus or whatever the fuck. But again, uh, looking at the comments on this, mind blown. Thank you. You honestly knock my breath out of my body every time I listen to this song. Another, an, <laughs> another person saying, praise the Lord. Another saying, this will be played at my little girl's first Holy Communion party. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember in the message board days where there used to be like raids? Yes. You were on whatever, the metal message board and you'd go to... Like the Christian the B- message board. Or like the BB Mac message yeah. board and yeah. just act like dicks. Yes. That should come back for YouTube comments. <laughs> and, and not even like necessarily in a mean way, but like going to something like this and being like, this song absolutely kicked my dick in. <laughs> and just everyone going into like, upvote that. So that's the, the top comp. <laughs> I, I kind of like that idea. Um, I, now that social media is being, you know, kind of uh, deprecated, the raid might be the new move for communal action online. Uh, so yeah, it, this particular video will take you down a, uh, a further, uh, you know, dark place by seeing metal singer performing an amazing cover of quote, amazing grace, uh, 5.5 million views, Dan Vask, uh, further songs that are not religious, but people who look like they're religious cause they've got, you know, leather cuffs on and crucifix and excellences, uh, doing, uh, religious covers of them uh really really online ruining experience like my my youtube will never be the same unfortunately well you gotta do it in incognito mode i fucked up man i fucked up real bad
I find this distasteful at best. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to like religion, religious music, religious covers, you can make anything about Christianity if you try hard enough. Unfortunately. So, I mean, you could easily do a metalcore, Christian metalcore cover of anything you want and you could make it your own and I don't know, scam some rubes out of it and uh, end up in really bad documentaries. My question for you, who do you think is your, like, your least favorite pop star? I've kind of turned my brain off from mm-hmm. like what's popular for a long time. Sure. I mean, I'm very clearly not in the demographic for it anyway, of so it doesn't appeal to me. <sighs> really have to think about it. You know, I definitely went through that teenage boy phase of, eh, I don't like this, I don't like this, it's not metal. So you could probably throw in anyone from that era. I don't. Maybe Megan Trainer. Yep. I, no, that's I definitely think, mine. <laughs> I think that's what she does is offensive, like in every possible way. Yes, it Just, is. It is kind of racist in a way. Like it's not. Uh, over, I, it's not yeah. overtly racist, but it is subtly racist. Like I feel like she's putting on a voice. Yes. And a style yes. that is not true to who she is. Correct. And um, the music is like egregiously loud and in your face where you can't avoid it if like you have to endure it. Like some pop songs, you can tap your foot to it even if you're not really paying attention. Like, I don't know, a Katy Perry firework. Mm -hmm. Like that is at least a catchy bop. It is a hit. Fair enough. But with Megan Trainor, it is like attacking you sonically with its words and its sounds. And she went away for a while, and only in the past couple, maybe year or two, has she come back through some sort of pact with the devil. Yes, and like has leaned into like TikTok. Truly awful. Uh, again, maybe maybe it's like this undeserved attitude that is just coming directly at me. Like, who the fuck are you? Why are you coming at me sideways? I don't. I don't even like you. Uh, anyway, that all that being said, here is a, uh, I guess, Euro group called DCCM uh, covering Lips Are Moving by Megan Trainer. Uh, because fuck you. Yeah, you have to suffer through this. And I I chose not to click on this because I just could not handle it. But the um, the little sample picture of it, uh, it looks like she's singing into a giant butt plug. It does, doesn't she? Uh, no, the the only fun thing about this is the, the way that the guy's pronunciation of the words is just off. <laughs> it's where Where's DCCM from? Uh, I don't know, man. Like somewhere Euro, right? Let me... Are they from Planet of the Base and women are their favorite guy? <laughs> Uh, DCCM stands for Design Consulting Construction Management. So let's Google DCCM band. This says Berlin. Berlin. This is absolutely German. Yes. Um, what the fuck? Uh, the top post is here from June 13, 2022. Stills from the Kill a Child song and music video. <laughs> uh... Uh, we'll chalk that up to them being European. 
DCCM covers a Serbian film soundtrack. <laughs> uh, okay, I, we have to call it here. This is too deeply cursed to continue doing, unless I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to maybe you want to do some more of this next week. I think we could do some of this next week. Maybe get a little broader. Maybe go beyond metalcore and deathcore, doing pop. Maybe some more egregious covers. I think we have to. Join us next week for more awful, awful covers. Uh, Again, do all the promo stuff that Jordan said at the beginning of the episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.